Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattrick's baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, joined by my lovely co-host, DJ Uncle Matt. We got a few things to talk about before we get into our main guests of the show. Um, we're going to start this off talking about UConn and their brand new on-campus arena, the Tuscano Family Forum, which uh, Matt had the pleasure of going to if you want to tell us about it i thought i was making you a little more italian by uh by hanging out with me pat it's toscano family oh, family uh ice toscano. and it's it's not just yukon that opened up a brand new ice hockey facility two weeks ago uh right here in the nutmeg state of connecticut uh sacred heart university's pioneers also have a new ice hockey home on campus it's the martiri mm-hmm. family uh arena uh i a little spoiler alert, I have a big article about this coming out in the March issue of Connecticut Magazine, and um, I really got to spend some time at both the UConn facility and the Sacred Heart facility. I spent uh, pretty much all day at UConn, uh, kind of meeting with fans and talking to some of the players and staff there, and then I also spent, I made two trips to Sacred Heart, which is uh, basically just up Black Rock Turnpike from where we are here in uh, the Danbury Bethel area, and uh, I don't know, you know, uh, I had a great time. Uh, I think that hockey, college hockey in Connecticut has, has just become a major ticket. I think that um, you're going to see the type of atmospheres at these games that you just couldn't have possibly had at the bigger arenas in Hartford and Bridgeport, which is where UConn and Sacred Heart were uh, previously playing, uh, respectively. So I can tell you that the, these two places are game changers. And I think the fans of hockey in this state, I mean, the option was always there, right? It was always there to go to Bridgeport and watch uh watch Sacred Heart play at Total Mortgage and the the option was there to drive up to Hartford but now you can see these games on campus and I think every single home game for these teams is going to be an exciting event um, I also wouldn't be surprised if you see Sacred Heart something that was mentioned to me over the, the weekend but I would also be surprised if Sacred Heart doesn't try and move out of conferences and go up to a bigger conference, if that makes sense. Right now, I like the idea that they're rivals with a Holy Cross, and I feel like on a Division I hockey level, Sacred Heart could probably build up to something like that quickly. They're getting there, um, but I think that that these arenas are going to make it possible for people. They both cost between like 70 and 100 million. And, um, again, we're going to start to see that atmosphere that you might see only for UConn basketball, men and women's. You're going to start to see it for hockey at all four of these schools. There's just no question about it. Somebody brought up a great point. Um, I want to say it was Eric uh, Dobratz from Channel 8 News. I got a chance to speak with him. Great guy. Uh, you know, there's only 60 Division One college hockey teams yeah we're only talking about 60 um 
different programs. So with that said, there's the opportunity almost right away to get into the NCAA tournament picture. I think they only take like 18 or 20 teams or something like that uh, for that. But what I can say is that these all these schools are, are ripe now. Obviously, Yale's had an arena for a long time. Quinnipiac, I think they're still number one in the country. We might want to double check that. But as of uh, just a day or so ago, Quinnipiac was still number one in the country. So uh, I, I think that we're going to see a real rivalry between these schools. They won't, they won't all play each other consistently, but I think that there's going to be a real rivalry, especially uh, among the ECAC schools, the, uh, the Yales and the Quinnipiacs and the UConn and Sacred Heart. This is just going to be a great thing to ha- be able to host these games on campus, to get more people involved in it, to have more students at these games. Um, I, I I do think that these are, are real game changers. So anybody that loves hockey um, is going to want to go up to UConn or go up to Sacred Heart and check it out. If you're a Danbury Hattricks fan, a good time to go would be when Danbury's on the road. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Get Drive up there. It's a little bit of a ride. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that they both sell alcohol. So, so uh, UConn and Sacred Heart, it looks like you're going to be able to drink in the seats. So number three. So they're number three right now. Okay. So if that's the case, they're number three. But they're a top team in the country. And the, the, the level of hockey is, is great. Again, it's not the physical, emotional, dramatic games that we have in Danbury sometimes where the fans are, you know, getting into it with the opposing team almost just as much as the players. But it is a great, you know, it's, it's fast, highly skilled. These kids are highly skilled. And, um, again, my full report will be coming out in March in Connecticut Magazine. But what I could tell you is... Listen, I had a great time, and I, 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 I do think that uh, we've started a new era in Connecticut just by the fact that these schools now have on-campus arenas. So uh, just looking at the landscape is totally changed now. It's, it's a different thing. So one thing that I want to keep in mind is, is that, you know, Danbury has plenty of home games, but they, these places are all drivable. You know, Quinnipiac mm. drivable, Sacred Heart drivable, uh, Yale drivable. It does. It's a little tricky getting to, getting up around stores, yeah, stores and getting up to UConn. But ultimately, it's it's a different option. Uh, one thing I can tell you is is that the parking situation is probably worse at all of these arenas than they are at Danbury Arena, if you can believe that. Really, uh, they're close to worse. I I I, I think that. Um, we have moved into an age where real estate is just so valuable everywhere that they couldn't imagine building a parking lot that could accommodate even 2,000 cars. Mm. Uh, uh, Sacred Heart's parking situation was the better of the two. There was actually a way to walk um, from the interior of the parking lot right into the rink without having to go outside. I thought that was a win. So there's that. Um... I, you know, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm transplanted here to Connecticut. I haven't quite figured out who I would like um, of the four teams, who I could support. Uh, 
But I'm a public school guy. Um, I went to Catholic high school, but I'm generally uh, went to public school most of my life, college and and grammar school and elementary school and all that. Uh, so I think I'm kind of a UConn guy, but I did enjoy going up to Sacred Heart. I liked uh, everybody involved with that school was friendly. They served a nice little lunch on media day. Uh, it, was, it was great. Uh, so, so yeah, if, if they were trying to win me over uh, with pasta salad and some, uh, <laughs> you know, sandwich halves, then, uh, yeah, they, they, they got it. Um, so there's that. Yeah, and then um, also, you know, to tailgate off of, you know, if you're a Hattricks fan, you want to check one of these places out. Um, UConn's on the road, or sorry, uh, Danbury's on the road on Sunday the 29th and um, I know the UConn women's team is playing there and the games are free you just have to go online and claim a ticket and that's that's all that that's if you want to go um, but yeah the no cost I don't I don't know the parking deal I was it free parking for you when you went where at UConn or did you have to pay to get in you know I think I think they were charging, but I didn't pay. I'm not 100 percent sure, okay. but it was a fu- it was just the Yukon situation was a pain in the ass because it was a walk. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, the women's team is playing there at the Toscano Family Arena um, or Family Forum, Family Ash Forum, um, and it's free. You just got to go online to Yukon's site, claim a ticket. Or as many tickets as you want. I think it's up to four you can claim at one time. So this yeah. is at Sacred Heart or at UConn? This is at UConn. This yeah. Is so there was Sunday. a free game at Sacred Heart for the women's team that I checked out, and I had yeah. a blast. They played Harvard. Uh, I believe they won. I believe they won an OT. A beautiful. Yeah. I, I remember the play. I'm not sure if I was right the end of regulation or if it was in OT, but it was a beautiful breakaway goal. And I was impressed by the number of people there. Definitely impressed by how Sacred Heart set that building up. There was, um, again, uh, you could check out March's Connecticut Magazine here. Every thought and everything I observed. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were these uh, light-up wristbands and there were these uh, commemorative towels. I thought it was a great uh, a great thing up there. Yeah, and then um, also... Matt's has a new article out in Hockey News. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I, yeah, I appreciate you asking me. I, uh, it's actually there's a Westcon tie-in, so that's great. I started the article in my um, multi-genre workshop here in the MFA writing program at Westcon. And uh, I, I just, you know, I wasn't exactly uh, sure what I wanted to do in some of these classes, but I felt like it was a good opportunity that if I was going to try and publish some longer magazine pieces, um, that I would try and use these these workshops here in Danbury uh, at, at in the, at the Westcon MFA. So I started writing it in the workshop, and I think I shared a draft with with some of my classmates, and then the story evolved a little bit from there. But um, it's all about fighting in in minor league hockey, and uh, there it, it, I go in a few different directions. But it kind of starts out here in Danbury during the game in which Billy had 
injected himself into the lineup and went about challenging the Delaware team. And, you know, it just struck me kind of interesting that here's this guy, a veteran hockey player that has resorted to, you know, suiting up and going out there himself to settle some, you know, some little beefs uh, that were going on last season. And it just it just took me down a whole road of of remembering fighting as such a bigger part of the game. And um, I had approached the hockey news kind of simultaneously as I began uh, thinking about doing the piece in the in the workshop class and I told him that I wanted to track down a minor league tough guy from the 90s that uh, his article in the hockey news just kind of just kind of changed me you know uh it was a raw account of mm-hmm. literally going of the, the great hockey writer Ken Campbell going to visit uh, Gary Kapal, uh, who was like a, just a great minor league kind of boogeyman and tough guy who known to fly off the handle in the most intense ways, uh, and it's all in the article. But um, uh. What I can tell you is I spent a lot of time just kind of retracing uh, Gary Kupal's history. And it started, it kind of started with him and then it morphed a little more uh, into the contemporary time. You know, and, and uh, like... Uh, one... You know, one season, Gary Kupal got over 400 penalty minutes, you know, and uh, I mean, he was really known for using his stick and attacking guys. And it, the, the idea is that an article like that um, today, I, I meant to just show people the difference, you know, and the difference is it's a much tamer game. And even though there are still guys uh, that love a good scrap, Myself, Billy included, Joe Pace, Justin Schmidt, obviously Daniel Amesbury uh, in the Federal League. Um, It's just something that has kind of evolved in a funny way, and it's not exactly how most people remember it. And I think I did uh, a good job of just trying to speak to everybody I could that might have something to say about it. Gary Kupal himself, uh, Billy... Uh, Joe and Justin, uh, you know, A.J. Galante kind of commented on as well. So listen, it's a a large story. I think it's over 3,000 words. Um, I hope you enjoy it. If you can get your hands on the hockey news, there are some pics of it, and there's there's kind of a copy of it right now floating around the Internet. I don't know when it'll be online, if it will. Uh, but I can tell you that it was a lot of fun to write, and I hope that when you guys check it out, you know you enjoy it. I'm again thankful to everybody involved uh, for just talking to me, and I think that uh, fighting is a really unique element that most fans, I actually think, like it. Uh, and it, it was fun connecting with these guys and hearing all their stories, especially Gary Kupal, who was just, again, a legendary boogeyman that um, 
I, you know, it, it was cool to make that call. You know, you, you, I've definitely spoken to people who were way more famous, mm. but there's nothing like getting on a story that you really care about or at one time it caught your attention. And that's what happened with this. So I, I hope that people like it. Um, and and I hope it gets out uh, a little further than it has. But yeah, that's that. Yeah, and then um, this past Saturday, um, obviously Binghamton came and played against Danbury. Um, a few people may have noticed I was not present in the building that day. Um, for good reason, though, for good reason. Um, so that morning of around 11.30, my supervisor from Bridgeport calls, and I'm like, what's going on now? I, I thought it'd be maybe a scheduling thing, something like that. Um, I pick up and, um, you know, she tells me, she's like, Hey, our main guy, um, shout out Brandon Ross. Um, he's the public address for, for Bridgeport. He is, that's their announcer. Um, you know, saying that he, he couldn't make it today. And then essentially it was, you know, I was the next call and he was, she was like, you know, are you available today? I know you said you weren't, but could you make yourself? So immediately I was like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could be available. So I had two games that day. I had a junior game I had to do, and then obviously the, the pro game. So immediately texted um, uh, Nick at the arena and you know told him what was going on. He was completely cool with it, and then I helped him and Chris you know find some coverage for for both games, and everything went smoothly with that. So thankfully, you know, the the games went well at least on that technical end i know the danbury game the you know against binghamton did not end the way that it should have um but yeah it was it was fun to go back for another time um you know i think i enjoyed it a little more than the first um this was a more exciting game to watch and the the atmosphere was a little different than my first time the first time i announced on a wednesday and wednesday games usually get like maybe Two two fifty for people. Um, this time it was like um, at least you know one one thousand uh, fifteen hundred about. So you know if if I was Danbury Arena, it'd pretty much be the packed full sold out arena. Um, it was a good game we played against uh, Wilkesbury Scranton. Ended up losing three two in regulation, but um, compared to Bridgeport's. Um, more recent losses this is definitely a more well-played loss um they're at least in contention the whole time and um you know when they did fall out you know they they did their best with it because there's been games where i'd watch where they lead and then they tie it and then they follow the lead and they just kind of crumble but again it's always fun doing that for them and you know, sad I couldn't be with my my Danbury family that day, but I'm I'm sure they would understand. And you know, and you know, to go off of that, um, I want to do a little recap off of last weekend. Uh, Friday, we got the three to one win against Watertown. A bit of a shaky game, though. Um, we definitely, it, it seemed like at points we were kind of stumped by Watertown, which, based on how Watertown has been playing this season, that should not have happened at all I don't think the score should have been 3-1 final um considering I think the third goal yeah it was an empty netter so 
technically a 2-1 win um, if you want to go off of that. Um, you know, a bit of a close game. We've been having a few of those here and there, which, you know, have been costing us a few few points. Um, definitely think there's some some stuff to improve on there before we face them again. Um, by the time you're hearing this, we'll either be in play currently or the game I've already finished against Watertown. So we'll be playing them on the road. Um, and then, you know, the Binghamton game, that was great for us to make that comeback. Um, however, you'll hear us talk about this a little later. Um, the refs definitely kind of screwed that game. Um, you know, to call no goal on the ice and then to just kind of magically overturn it made no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, even watching this from my phone, I was I was confused as to how they could even, you know, fathom making that call. But, you know, I think we played well that game. We definitely, that should have been a win. I'm, I'm going to count that as a win in my book, but obviously scoreboards don't work like that. So, unfortunately, an OT loss. Still come out with a point, but it's not the three that we should have had. Um, but then... Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Matt? That whole... I know you were there for that game. For Friday night? I mean, I was at both games. Oh, okay. Um, That's right, yes. What were we um, well, yeah, give your thoughts on both. Well, uh, I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Watertown's a different team. Yeah. Uh, than they than they were last season. They they don't really have the skill or the punch um, that I can see. They seem like it. You know, I I know that their GM was recently getting suspended for uh, throwing a dirty hit on somebody. But yeah. uh, I think overall, uh, it's um, you know, the Saturday night game against Binghamton is the most concerning. Yeah. And I, I think it has to do more with officiating, uh, which has been was and it's been a problem in this league from day one. Um, it's been a problem for this league since day one. And you know, right now, uh, the hat tricks are still holding on to first place, but Binghamton's, you know, I mean, they're really only five points behind yeah. Danbury, and that could that could change quickly. So. Um, you know, I, you know, we get we get into it a little later on in the show. Uh, I feel like Saturday night's game was mostly on the refs, and mostly a very very poor call uh, kind of gets made there uh, to allow a goal that was initially disallowed, and the allowance is made by, you know video review that it's not supposed to exist in this league is at least as far as we've been told if we're wrong we're wrong but as far as i can tell right now where we should we shouldn't even be having this conversation There, there was never should have been a video review we get into this later on the show but you know what i can tell you is uh that's a game that could have went our way if it was a better start. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the guys know that, and I think Billy knows that, and I think uh, 
that's where we are in terms of in in terms of uh you know where we are where we are within this season yeah i think i think that 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 could have been better but listen i think the referees took the game out of the hands of the players it was a you know it was a, they took it out of their own hands it was a call they got right the first time so to so to disallow a call uh you know again i i get into it a little later uh i was very unhappy with that um and i just don't think that was the way a game is supposed to be played you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't add up for me so yeah and um you know i also wanted to point out um made a little bit of a bit of a goof there um we're we're not playing thursday we're playing friday at binghamton mm-hmm. so we'll get a revenge but watertown we do play um i believe the following week and it's for three games straight so we're going to be playing them in watertown I believe the 9th through the 11th of February. So there's that going on. But then we also play Elmira this weekend twice, once at home, and then the next day in Elmira. Um, Currently, Elmira stands um, in third place in our division, you know, sitting with a 10-16-3 record, which um, I don't know if this is just kind of me being baffled by... like a points issue but Watertown they played less games they're 11 16 and no so shouldn't they be higher if I'm not mistaken because I would because they have one more win and then on top of that they don't have three overtime losses (laughs) yeah I don't know but apparently you know Elmira gets um well I guess yeah you could Oh yeah, you could argue the three overtime losses. You get a point from those, so yeah, that makes sense. I'm not but, actually sure who's doing the calculating in this league. It just seems no. It's it's three for a win. I think it's what is it? None for a loss, and then two for an overtime win, and one for an overtime loss. Wow. So that's wow. that makes sense. I just had to think about that real quick. But um, yeah, I think Elmira's kind of been stepping their game up a little bit as the season's been uh, progressing Um, you know they're on a five game win streak currently uh, you know at the time of this recording so you know I think they they might put up a fight but I really think Danbury is gonna kind of get get back into a rhythm and really just show them why we're at the top right now if you have any thoughts I mean look we, we've got to play Binghamton again and I think that that's going to be the better game the Elmira team it just seems like they're still just trying to get it together yeah you know and, no it does and I'm not 100% sure uh, you know it, it does seem like a crazy schedule um, kind of thing here um, but listen we're going to we're going to. Um, we're going to see. We're going to see how it plays out. You know, mm-hmm. Th- there have been little bumps in the road lately, and I think Danbury. I think that I think 
what everybody's going to be watching for is if is if we can take this weekend here and, and catch a total rebound. You have three games, so you have to win at least. You want to win all of them, and you should win all of them. But you know, you, you got to win at least two. You know, and, and and that's something that I'm sure is on their mind. But uh, we'll have more on that next week. Where I think the idea it, it is just. It's all in Danbury's control now. They just have to get themselves to where they need to be come playoff time by playing hard and staying staying steady. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I'm excited for this weekend. As always, I'll be, be watching both road games, or at least trying to. Um, I know Sunday might be tricky for me because I might be traveling. But, you know, Saturday, of course, I'll be there in the box doing my thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that that's all I got for now. I don't know if you have any parting words, Matt. No, I'm actually probably going to be uh, tagging along with the boys this weekend, um, seeing what's going on up there. But you you guys stay tuned, and uh, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a few couple of good weeks coming up in, in Danbury Arena. You know, we're coming to the end of the season, and then early in February we've got New Haven night. Uh, that'll be fun. It's it's one of the few, uh, like, I always mark it down on my calendar, so that's February 4th. Um, just been a great been a great run so far uh, this season with the hat tricks, and I think, you know, from now moving forward, it's this is going to be a very intense time because I, I know a lot of people yeah. have one thing on their mind, uh, and uh, we're all going to work however we can to get there i think yeah i think so and um you know that being said stay tuned for a fantastic interview with two of the boys from the hat trick stay tuned guys hey this is johnny ruiz captain of the danbury hat tricks and you're listening to hat trick city on wxci hot chicks baby ladies and gentlemen welcome to hat trick city i'm your host dj patty cake joined always by the one and only dj uncle matt Today, we got a package deal in the studio. We got Brendan Dowler and Evan Lugo of the Hattricks. Boys, how are we doing? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Of course. Yep, feeling great. Love being here. Thanks for having us. Boys, tell us, uh, you know, you guys are both from Connecticut and you have a background playing hockey in the state. Let, let's start with you, Evan. What led you to joining the Hattricks late last season, I guess, for maybe you played five or ten games? or Yeah, I actually was able to play five. Mm-hmm. Uh I gotta clear something up though, because it's like a common misunderstood thing. <laughs> I actually didn't grow up in Connecticut. Okay. So I originally am from Florida. Okay. I moved up when I was 16, and then you know, kind of stayed up here. I went to prep school and stuff, and gotcha. stayed here. But yeah, uh, just at the end of college last year, just wanted to keep playing. You know, didn't know what was available, and I was lucky enough to have a coach that played in Danbury previously, and uh, he just kind of hooked me up with Billy. Just. Billy gave me a shot and, you know, got some practices in and skated with the team, and they were nice enough to give me an opportunity. And I think I got, like, four points last year and kind of rolled from there. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, I've, I've known Billy for a while. Um, I mean, I went through college, and my, my goal is to go on and play play pro after. And um, I'm even looking to Europe and stuff like that, too. But, uh, you know, knowing Billy, Billy reached out to me towards the end of my season and uh, – was trying to get me to come down. It was, didn't end up working out too well with being four hours away or so, you know. But uh, especially with the classes and everything, kind of want to get that stuff settled down and done. But um, 
but yeah, you know, I've I always really liked Billy a lot, and um, he was a great guy to have around. And growing up, uh, or playing in in Maine, there uh, is when I met him. Um, but yeah, I mean, couldn't couldn't turn down the opportunity to come down and try it out. So, Evan, take us through um, kind of you being from Florida. Take us through your first interactions with hockey, and and I guess you know how your family came to move to Connecticut. Yeah, uh, growing up for me, I was a big fan of the Mighty Ducks movies. So that kind of like got me into it at the beginning. And then uh, Tampa in 04 winning the cup. That was like really big for me. I wore uh, 26 because of Marty St. Louis pretty much my whole life. Uh, trying to get that jersey number here, working on it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I can get it. But yeah, just uh, always loved watching Marty. That kind of just got me into the game. Like knowing a small guy could play ice hockey. Um, and then just, you know, kept kept growing and, and, and furthering myself uh, each year. And then when I was 16, I had the opportunity to go to the Gunnery uh, Prep School in Connecticut. So I played hockey there and, you know, continued to grow. I actually came without my family my first year there. So I, I was billeting or boarding there. And uh, the year after, my family moved up. And since then, we've been in Sandy Hook. So I didn't even know, you know, really too much about the Sandy Hook thing and, and everything that happened there. I'd, Cause I didn't grow up there, but mm. the community's super tight. Um, you know, it's obviously a super tragic thing. So just being there, and I didn't know the significance, but 26 is a big number there. It's how many people were a part of that. So you know, it's kind of a double meaning now for me. I, I love the number 26 before, and I love it now for for multiple reasons. Wow. So, yeah, it's really cool. I I love being there. I've even talked with my fiance. We're definitely gonna, you know, stay in Sandy Hook. So. It's a good That's spot. That's awesome. Yeah. Your folks, did they have any family around here to kind of anchor to, or they just came up after you? Uh, my grandparents lived in uh, Ledyard, Connecticut, Led Ledyard, over yeah. on the other side of the state. Yep. So, yeah, we, we uh, you know, get to see them a good amount. So it wasn't like we, we didn't know anybody here, but besides them, when we moved up, we really didn't know too many people. But, yeah, now we've got, like, a good uh, – community here that we know and yeah like i said we love it that's awesome yeah brendan uh tell us about where your family is at and and you know wh where they're stationed around here um well i, I grew up in in new preston connecticut a tiny spot right down near washington there um but uh now my uh we just recently moved my mom's side um moved to winstead and then uh my dad and my stepmom are in bethel oh, cool. um, so we're all kind of fairly local at least but so you're right here in bethel yeah, yeah. Every day going to the rink. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell, take us through, I mean, it's a little tough with two guys, but take us through, maybe we'll start with Evan. Evan, take us through your college careers and, and you know, you, you, you went, I guess, to public school and then you went to a prep school and then you went to college. What was your college career like and how did it lead you to pros? Yeah. Uh, went to post-university uh, in the state. I uh, was lucky enough to get the opportunity to go there. My former coach at Gunner, he was an assistant at the time, Pete Whitney, recruited me to go over to Post. And, you know, I got an opportunity. A lot of freshmen sometimes when you go to a college, they don't get the opportunity to play too much. There they were kind of like, you know what, you're going to get to play right from the get-go. We're not a super strong team yet, but they want to build. And, you know, that's kind of what we did. Our first couple of years were not amazing. And then our my last year, senior year, we actually – made it to the NE10 finals. So, yeah. you know, just to see the progression there, I, I felt like not only me, but the program got better each year. And I think that's a big part of me being able to play pro was 
my freshman year getting the opportunity to be on the power play penalty kill and really grow as a player. So just to kind of clarify a few things for some of the listeners out there that may not know the differences between division NCAA Division One, Two, II, and Three hockey is, quite frankly, um, Division One NCAA hockey is very small. There's only 60 teams. And then technically there's only a handful, like about a dozen or less NCAA Division Two teams that fill out their schedule with many D3 teams. Uh, opponents, also D1 teams, I guess, occasionally? or Yeah, yeah, like my last year we, we did an uh, exhibition game against Long Island. Yeah. Who, they just are becoming D1 and stuff. So. How did you guys do against them, out of curiosity? I think it was 6-1. You won? No, 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 no. Really? No. Yeah. Uh, we had some bad penalties in the third period, and their power play was really, really good. So but. even a young program like that on the D1 level was a touch better than you guys, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I would say they're... They were very solid. I mean, it it didn't help. That came right after the uh, COVID year. So, like, everybody, like, didn't really get to play a full season. That was our first game back after the COVID year. But, you know, similar scores across the board from everybody in our conference that played them that year because other teams played them throughout the year. So, they're they're a solid team. I think the biggest difference for D1 and D3, and um, Dallar can attest to this, like, that's the depth of all four lines is super skilled in, in D1, whereas D3, I feel like there's a little bit of a drop on your fourth line, third line. Wow. And th- I think that's the, the thing to clear up is that, so the Division One teams, I think they have mostly full scholarships or at least some full and some half. And then the Division Two schools, again, it's only a small number of schools. They, they do have some scholarships, right? And some... Ours did not because of... Really? Playing against... Uh, I don't know if it's the NE10 or if it's just because we did games against D3 schools. Our, ours was not allowed to have scholarships. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I figured that there would be scholarships for the, that. W- I figured that's what would make Division Two II Division Two. I guess. Yeah, I, I honestly think they're just trying to get into the D3. Yeah. Uh, bubble that way they can play in the tournament. Interesting. Yeah. And then on the D3 level, like here at Westcon, there are no scholarships for athletics, but they. They do a lot of things to help the kids out. I yeah, mean, similar, you know, similar academic. academic. Yeah. yeah, and and yeah. and I one thing that I heard, um, kind of while covering some college hockey uh, in the last couple of weeks, is that some of these coaches are able to to go back to the university, and uh, and ask um, if that player could match the uh, tuition being offered by another school. So let's say, you know, the school says, hey, you know, you can come to a $50,000 school for twenty grand if you play on the hockey team. Uh, could you match that? You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Brendan, tell us a little bit about your experience and how did you get to where you – Southern Maine, I guess you went. You went the junior route too. Yeah, yeah, I did a couple years in junior. Um, right after high school there, and um, I moved away my last year of high school actually and um, kind of just found through from there. Um, and I'm getting lucky enough to play with Eric Lind again in juniors. And uh, he's absolutely amazing coach, very good de- uh, developmentally and um, worked a lot on stride work and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, from there, I had, uh, our coach at USM, uh, Harding there, he was, he was all over the place, uh, always coming and stopping by. And um, so, yeah, I just ended up working out, going there, and uh, played my four years there and had a good time, you know, and met some great people. and. Uh, we're definitely a building team coming in. It was um, building for a while there, but uh, you know it was great to be in a, an atmosphere kind of like what he was saying too, where guys coming in as freshmen getting the opportunities to play in in bigger roles and stuff like that too. So 
Um, it was definitely definitely nice to have that for development. What was the composition like? Who'd you guys play against uh, at Southern Maine? Uh, we had a pretty good schedule. We had like guys like or teams like UMass Boston, Norwich, uh, Babson. Um, so we played some pretty pretty hefty teams there. Um, so it was definitely nice to get that like level of competition and and kind of every game was was a big game for us. You know, it wasn't any any easy walk in the parks, but. In terms of your own career, how did you think it progressed over four years? Uh, you know, actually, I, I, the last four years in, in college, I played forward. Um, so I kind of got, I, I grew up being a D. Um, absolutely loved D, and, and kind of just the way end of, end of juniors happened, um, I started playing a little bit more forward, mixing it in, and, and um, I think it kind of, you know, uh, helped me out being able to see both ways, and, um, you know, maybe more of a, give me a couple extra tools in the toolbox, you know. So um, I think that helped me develop and, and get to see the ice a little bit more and, and not always be on the back end, you know what I mean? So um, definitely nice to, to get the opportunity, yeah. Yeah, I made him a Swiss Army knife out there. <laughs> yeah, in like any say, situation. Yeah. <laughs> one thing, I, it's funny, We off the air we were talking a little about beer league hockey, and one of my buddies who was a really good row hockey player when he was young, an o- older guy obviously, they just kind of stuck him on D in the last couple of weeks, and he's, he's like a total fish out of water. But I was wondering, like, do you? I, I don't know if you played any D, Evan, but do you? Do you guys? Um, you ever feel like playing D and forward makes you a better skater? Yeah, I think so, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, D are always you know skiing backwards and stuff, and and um, not like a knock or anything, but forwards are always skiing forwards. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, it kind of gives you the little bit of utility, I guess, in a sense, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, a good tool to have. Like I was joking about the Swiss Army <laughs> thing, but the more opportunities that you can get to, you know, be on the ice if you if you need, you know, we, you see it with ZP on our lineup. He's been able to play D or forward, so I think it's a good tool for anybody to have. But yeah, I actually grew up uh, in like Mite Squares playing defense. Wow. Yeah, I did switch to forwards to like Pee Wee Bantam. I think having that perspective, it's it's interesting because. Um it's one of the few sports, maybe save for baseball, I guess football a little bit too. I, I guess you could go all day talking about it, right? Soccer. But, you know, it's one of those sports where a guy could play defense for five years and then go to a team that needs a forward, and he, for the next 10 years, he's a forward. Nobody nobody ever thinks of him as a defenseman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I think that happens all the time. And probably for guys playing at your level, it probably happens every single day, maybe every week at, at a college practice where. I mean, even like a guy that pops up to me is Bufflin. Mm. Yeah, Bufflin. yeah, yeah. Dustin you know? Bufflin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had a long run. Uh, tell us a little bit about the transition, kind of, to the pro game. What are your like? What are your impressions? You guys are still in your first, say, thirty games as as professionals, maybe. Uh, like, g- give us a little insight. That what's different from college hockey in your mind? You gonna start? You want me to go? You can go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> My first impression is there's a little bit more uh, organization all over the ice. Like, it's a little bit more important to be uh, in the right spot rather than just going crazy on the forecheck. I've noticed that with the pro game. And then guys got to own up for their hits. Like, in college, guys kind of run around a little bit with that cage on. There's a little bit of, like, courage. (laughs) And then you get the visor and you get guys like Amesbury going to punish you for hits. You know, so it's a little little different that way. I think guys got to be a little more respectable and own up to stuff they do. What do you think, Ron? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Um, 
that's like one of the biggest things in college for me is, is just kind of, I mean, going from junior straight uh, over to college is kind of like the same thing where, you know, guys have the, the bubbles on in the cages and stuff and um, feel like they can get away with a little bit more because obviously you can't fight in college. But um, so I think that definitely goes right into the pro game too, where it kind of gives guys a little bit more to think about and play a little smarter out there, you know, and um, also too, kind of like uh, with college, I thought there's a lot of like running around it seemed. I mean, we definitely had structures and stuff like that too, but I feel like guys were kind of just all over the place on top of you. And, in college? And, uh, yeah. And whereas here, I feel like you can not necessarily have a little bit more extra time, but guys are more in their positions, know where they're supposed to be. Um, so it kind of slows. More positional play. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You think there are bigger hits in pro hockey or college hockey? Oof. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, when you look, all depends. Yeah. I mean, all I'll depends. just chime in and say, you know, I went to UConn's game with Northeastern. Uh, I don't know if that was last, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. Like I, I've said this a hundred times, and maybe you guys disagree because you guys played college hockey. And you know how hard it is to win. You know all this other uh, stuff about uh, the level of play and the integrity. But it's just, it's just not the same experience. You know what I mean? Like it's like. You guys seem to be going, there's just way more passion in the crowd at Danbury Arena. I, I don't I don't know what it is. Like, I just, maybe it's because it was UConn's first game in that building, but you would think that that would have people a little more amped up and willing yeah. to, but it wasn't, it, I'll be honest with you, it, I'll be honest with you, it, it was Danbury on a quiet night with a good crowd. That's what yeah. it felt like. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It didn't, like, you know, you, you guys are out there, uh, just what you guys said about the bubbles. We can hear you guys talking sometimes, and you guys talk to us, you know, especially in the animal house areas and yeah. stuff. Like, even uh, this guy Lord last week was having a whole dialogue. You know, I mean, nothing over the line or anything. Just a lot of yapping back and forth with Ron and Lee and the, and you know, um, yeah. uh, Glen Lake and the people who were over in Animal House. So it's just like I don't know. There's a there's an element to me that's just not quite. The rough and tumble like entertainment that we get at the, yeah. the you know yeah. what I mean. That's Definitely also a lot more emotion in the in the fan base. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. also the best part about our rink is the way it's built and oh, that yeah. you guys on that top level are right on the ice. Oh yeah, you don't get that in you know a big arena or anything because the seats mm -hmm. kind of go from the glass out, whereas like you guys are like right on top there. Where was the? I mean, just a curious question. Where was the biggest? arena you guys ever played in before this even for just like a high school game or something oh gosh i got to play in tampa bay's ring quite a bit wow in florida oh, yeah for like high school high school we had practices in there and stuff wow so, yeah. it was that's cool awesome. yeah our travel team got to practice there quite a few times that's cool yeah yeah i'm not really sure um i know we definitely played on some bigger sheets but um off the top of my head i couldn't tell you yeah. did you ever get to skate in an nhl rink in your life or <sighs> um even just I don't messing around? So. No, wow. I mean, like, I, did, I a little bit with uh, the Wolf Pack when I was really young, um, but that was very occasional anyway, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. So. It's crazy because, you know, sometimes it's like um, just being a beer leaguer, you know what I mean? Like, there are all these skates, and I got to skate at UBS Arena, and I got to skate in Philly's Arena, and I, uh, I'm trying to think where else I skated in Bridgeport one time, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just like, it's. It's kind of funny when I talk to some of these guys, and Danbury Arena for some, a lot of the guys is the biggest arena they ever for some of them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. especially probably for some of our guys from Canada and stuff. You know what I mean? It's probably 
the biggest arena they've played in, you know, mm. if they didn't yeah. play Major Junior, you know. I, I was hoping in Maine because we had, at the time, uh, well, a couple years prior, at least um, before school, um, they had the Portland Pirates there. So, like, when I was on the, the Portland Pirates uh, Junior, or 18s, um, we were at their practice ring and stuff, but I was, I mean, even through college and stuff, I was hoping that we'd get one game in that building. Really? Down, in the big, uh, I think it's a... Uh, Cross insurance, yeah, maybe. it's I cross insurance. It's I yeah. think now something yeah. like that. That would have been awesome. Maybe even like a like a boat in USM or something. You know, get the main teams going. Um, I always thought that'd be a cool idea, but yeah. never happened, huh? No. That's crazy. The yeah. only thing that's bad when you get a rink too big, though, like you play somewhere and it's just it just doesn't fill up with sound or anything. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you want to be in a spot where it's like you have almost a little too many people in it. And oh it's yeah. Just rocking. That's what I like about our rink. Yeah, our yeah. rink. It's yeah. always rocking. And I think that that makes. Well, as I as I said, again, I've said a, a lot of things a few times on the show, but um, as I've said a few times on the show, this we used to be kind of the crown jewel of the league when this first started. I mean, like, Danbury had a nice rink, nice enough downtown. That that was when when the, tr- I mean, really when the Trashers and the the Whalers started, it was you know, there were no bars, there was none of that. It was just well located uh well located by you know uh, the downtown situation and then after that everybody else was playing like in the woods or, you know the aquasasny team played on an island so but now we still have the best arena and the best fans but the size of the buildings has shifted a little bit yeah. and the and the you know uh, buildings from different leagues have come into the the federal league, so it's just a little bit different. I still think we have, pro- and you know, the only places that I haven't been. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm tagging along this weekend, but the only places that I haven't been are Elmira, uh, Michigan, the Michigan places, and down south. But I mean, Binghamton, Watertown. Binghamton's a great rink, but uh, you know. I think they're benefiting. I think they're like second best in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Watertown's small. Yeah. Watertown's small. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of the other places are just kind of old. You know. And uh, I think we have, we have a great place to. I think. What do you guys think about the crowds the last month or two? It's been amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. Unbelievable. What's the nice thing, too, I I like where we do the signing and everything after the games, too, because you get fans coming in and getting to talk to people and kind of see them a little bit more and be more face-to-face. Yeah. um, It's super cool to have, like, the crazy fan base that we have and just constantly seeing the same people over and over again. It's it's definitely very nice to play in front of. It means something, for sure, when you win. It's so nice seeing those faces after. Being that you guys... Technically, are from around Connecticut or so. You've been around a while, Evan. Yeah. Uh, you guys have friends that come down to the games, non-hockey people and yeah. hockey, old hockey buddies that come down. How does it feel? You know. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I it's awesome. I love it. I mean, uh, playing from, uh, playing so far away from home and everything. I've, I mean, geez, the last six, seven years or so is is like four or five hours away. Um, so just being able to have family come down. Um, I mean, my my first pro weekend, I got to have my my grandparents there and um, some cousins and aunts and stuff. That was the coolest thing. And um, got a couple of buddies from local, and they're coming in here and there when they can. And uh, it's definitely something that I didn't get to experience previous. So um, it's definitely makes it makes it all the better, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You two guys, did your did your dads play hockey? Brothers or siblings? What was the what was the entryway into the game? 
<laughs> my dad uh, did not play hockey. Really? Yeah, yeah. he played uh, pretty much every other sport. Um, but yeah, he didn't. He did not play hockey. He got into the game when I did, which oh, is wow. kind of cool. We we learned it together, and he's actually coached a good good amount of teams and stuff, and had a lot of success with it. But I just yeah, I just loved hockey. He tried to get me into like football, baseball, everything. He really wanted me to play baseball. Just didn't like it at all as a kid. And lucky, luckily enough, I was like playing t-ball. And the kid on the team, who I'm still friends with today, the he was like, yeah, you should try hockey. So then, like, the next week or, or two after that, put on the skates, tried it, and then from there on, I think I was, like, six years old, just stuck with it. Wow. What about you, Ben? Yeah, my dad didn't end up playing. Uh, he played, like, basketball and baseball and stuff. and um, But uh, he ended up picking it up fairly young, liking the game and everything. And... Um, and then with my mom, the two of them had season tickets to the Whalers games. Wow. Um, and so that's where I got my name, Brendan Shanahan. Wow. Um, was their favorite player and stuff. You know, first kid, if he's a boy, name him Brendan. Um, so he's, like, been my idol growing up, too, and stuff. But, yeah, my dad's just been a, a super, super hockey fan. He's a super sports fan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just as passionate, if not more, than I am, probably. I mean, that guy's just always, always on top of it. But, uh, but yeah, so he never got to play. Um I think that's why he's kind of so crazy about it because he's like, you know, I want to give you the the best opportunity I can too. So that's, that's kind of the fun thing. That's about an interesting it, yeah. perspective. I I didn't know your dad hadn't played too, but my dad's kind of the same way with that. Like I think they love the game even more with a different, you yeah. know, passion for it since they didn't play. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, again, you know, it's, it's kind of a common thing, right? You know, like dad really wants to harness that that love for the sport that you guys have. And, yeah. Uh, that's a nice thing. You weren't even alive when the, the, the Whalers moved, were you? No, yeah, I think it was, uh, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the year before or so. I was, I'm a 97, so. Um, yeah, I mean. Pretty sure. What are we going before. off of his birthday and then, because you were May, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that'd be. April of 97, they just yeah, moved. So they, yeah, they, they just yeah. moved. They just moved. Wow. So that's amazing. Like, um, I, I always find it so funny that, there are some people that, even in this state, like that was like the last time some people around here even cared about the NHL. Like Joe Trench from Section 102, you know, like he's he's never gone to an NHL game since the last Whalers game. Oh, really? In 1997. He's at yeah. every really? Danbury Hatricks game. He he says he's gone up to uh, Bridgeport a couple of times, mm-hmm. but not, not any crazy number of games, maybe 10 times in 20 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, it's it's interesting when you when you have something like that and it's gone. They probably talk about it like it's the glory days, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny, too, because my dad, I mean, I speak for him anyway uh, here, but uh, from what he's told me and stuff, like, you know, when they were gone, he didn't quite want to follow the Carolina team. I mean, he, he did a little bit, I guess, and um, just being an avid hockey fan anyway, but, like, it definitely made it hard. And then when the Wolfpack came in and stuff and um, – He's like, what the hell? Like, the Wolf Pack. Like, what a stupid name. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do this or whatever. And so um, I think that's when he started getting into, like, New Jersey and stuff like that, too. And uh, obviously being a big Rangers fan as well. But um, And then he actually, I forget how it came about, but um, he ended up starting going to the Wolf Pack games. And then we ended up getting season tickets and stuff. So I grew up going there all the time. And um, I got some lifelong friends still still paying attention to my games now, too. And um we actually have a, a family from there that we met in our same section. Um, now th- they've got their kids, and they're always coming to our games and stuff like that too. So it's like kind of cool. Where I mean, he was so like 
looking down the wolf pack and everything and then ended up experiencing it and liked it a lot but it's it's funny that you said that with like you had the top of the line nhl team there and then once it's gone it's kind of like well we don't want anything less you know but i've always made the argument um it's funny because pat's got his new uh new haven nighthawks jersey on right now as we're recording this but, but i've always made the argument that like if you think about it wouldn't it have and people don't agree because you get that whole, ah, Boston, da, da, da. But, like, wouldn't New England have been a place where you put two NHL teams, right? Like, many collection of many states, right? Uh, ponds, lakes, hockey rinks all over the place. French Canadians pretty much all over the place. I mean, I my landlord's family is French Canadian. So, at the end of the day... Like wouldn't like wouldn't it have made sense to leave Hartford there and maybe and maybe not even had the New Jersey Devils? I mean, I, I dare say it. I mean, I I love the Devils and I I love their rink, but but you know, uh, I just don't. It never sat well with me that they removed a hockey team from New England. Imagine if it hadn't stopped. Like imagine if it had carried on these last twenty some odd years, where. Yeah, you know, New, I'm sorry, uh, where uh, New England had, to, I mean, it would have been war at times. I, I think Hartford would probably be a nicer place to live had it continued. Mm. But, you know, Evan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what made you come back this season and what kind of season do you feel like you're having personally so far? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to come back and, you know, just keep playing. Uh, that was the biggest thing. When you finish college, it's kind of like this, like, moment of oh my god am I still going to be able to play like what are the options where can I go and you know this being so close to my house and making everything work out it's it's been kind of a blessing just to be able to continue to play at a high level and you know get the opportunity I think this year's going you know pretty well um, learning a lot of playing playing forward uh, center wing uh, getting opportunities on the power play the penalty kill um, yeah, I just really am focusing on, you know, contributing whatever way I can um, and just doing the, doing the right things, you know. It's the first year of pro, so there's a little bit of a grind to it. You're learning, like, there's way more games than I've ever played in a season, so kind of get used to that and just, you know, the style, practices, showing up every single day and being on top of your game because it's a business at the end of the day, and if you're not producing and doing your job, they'll – have to move on from you so it's it's taking the opportunity but also you know showing up every day and making it making it happen Brendan what about you <clears throat> yeah I mean uh like kind of like what you saying is is uh after college is definitely like a very scary moment I mean I've been playing hockey my entire life and it's um just finding anywhere I can go to continue and play pro and and hopefully you know move along the ranks too as well um you know I think first year pro is definitely a major learning curve and um, that's why I think we're really, really lucky, at least personally, having guys like Gonzo and, um, you know, Johnny and even like Willie and stuff, you know, kind of get everybody on, on, or multiple guys in every position there that have been around for a while, had, had the experience and stuff like that. So just trying to be a sponge and, and kind of take in whatever I can. And, um, you know, guys like Gonzo beyond deed, paying attention to how, uh, what his little things are, you know, how he plays, how he thinks the game and stuff. And, um, so it's definitely just a lot of trying to trying to learn and, and do whatever I can to you know stay in the lineup and keep playing. 
tell me something, guys. Are you guys kind of workout guys? I mean, do you, you guys work out a lot? What's your schedule like with that? Where do you guys work out? Oh, well, we got a place. Um, I, I can't even tell you the name of it. I just know it's right down the road. I've been going to here and there and stuff, and um, definitely something I'd like to get in, get into more. Um, but, you know, just putting in the time and figuring out the, the hours and schedule and everything, too. So, um, But, yeah, we got a nice little spot down the road from the rink, and um, got, like, a little CrossFit area downstairs, and they got just about everything you need upstairs. So definitely a nice little setup there, yeah. Yeah. I try to, during the season, stay a little bit away from anything heavy, you know, just more, like, like maintenance stuff and just lighter lighter stuff just to not – you know, overstress the muscles. Like, like we kind of said, it's a lot of games. And yeah. like this weekend's a big weekend. You know, you don't want to lift too hard on a Monday and, you know, Friday rolls around, you're still sore or something yeah. like that, you know? So it's, it's knowing what you need, you know, throughout the season. Three and three with a lot of travel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a long one. Um, tell us just a little bit about what you guys do we ask everybody this what do you guys do on the bus on these long trips what are your what are your personal you know we sit next yeah, to each other i'm right in front of him i'm yeah. right in front of him we <laughs> i could say we both usually sleep like yeah. i don't know we just <laughs> i'm usually on my phone watching a movie he's watching a movie we'll like snap each other like sleeping like yeah. if, if i catch him in a funny <laughs> position on the bus like his mouth's open or something i'll send him yeah. a snapchat of it or <laughs> You know, uh, some of the boys, you know, play cards, but uh, I think for the most part, like, I just try to sleep just to get yeah. through the bus ride. Yeah, I've always been a front of the bus guy. I mean, I like, you know, a lot of stuff goes on in back and everybody's, you know, playing cards, whatever, having fun too. But um, I definitely like to kind of mellow out, relax, you know, maybe take a nap or so. And um, especially being a big guy, I'm always stretching out as much as I can, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I've always been a front of the bus guy, a little bit quiet. I wanted to ask you guys, um, just in terms of the next couple of weeks, how do you guys, how do you guys prepare to play um, when you know you're going on the road? You know, I mean, you guys are gonna have long trips. Is there anything you guys do different during the week? Do you get extra rest? Do you make? Is it, it? Does your does your routine break when you know you're going out of town? I mean, I think you're gonna be in Watertown for three straight days next next month, or. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me personally, um, I try and keep the same routine, uh, and, you know, switching things around. Um, I don't know. I guess it kind of just depends. But I, I try and stick around in the same thing, kind of keep, you know, figure out rest and eating the right things and, uh, you know, drinking the right things. So, um, I yeah, I don't really have much I, I fray away from. I kind of keep it all the, the same throughout the week. So Yeah, I think it's just, especially going on, like a road trip weekend you just got to get everything you can and practice out like if you want to work on something like a lot of this a lot of these games we we show up to a place and there's no morning skate or anything wow so you know you really want to whatever you want to work on extra try to get it out during the week and you know harp on it so you're you're ready to go and i think just staying as sharp as you can is the best thing you can do mm -hmm. what i want another thing we we ask guys every every week and we usually get answers from uh, we'll take yours with a grain of salt. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to eat in Danbury? <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm more of a, you know, save some money and make food at home. I, I enjoy cooking a lot, too, and obviously being lucky enough to have uh, family there, too. With um, My stepmom cooks a great meal, too, so um, I don't really go out too much around Danbury, but, um, 
you know, maybe Chipotle or something, Ooh. I guess. But or Minas. Minas I was is say, what Minas, we start picking yeah. up on. This is the unanimous pick. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. dude, you gotta go. It's a good yeah, spot. No, I'll go. Yeah. I've only been a couple of times, but I'm telling you, it's a, so worth the time. It is worth it. Oh, I've only been so once. Good. But was it beef yeah. and rice and all that other good stuff? Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Steak, a lot. Pork. We talk about you know Domino's, whatever. I'm biased for it. Domino's Just give us the address of the place. I'm biased for it, but. It was actually funny. One of the days we went to Mina's, it was my first time. One of the drivers that works at our store in Danbury was actually coming in, getting food. There. I didn't know this. He eats there like twice a day. Yeah. Loves the Who place. Is it? Uh, his name's Batista. He, he's one of the drivers in Danbury, and he loves Mina's. He's from uh, Brazil, oh, yeah. so he loves yeah. loves going there. Well, it's funny. Feel like he's at home. Huh? Well, we were also just talking, or you were just talking about him too, and you're like hardest worker here yeah 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 mama. i was and like one of my guys talking. like he's, yeah. he's the best driver like he's all and then sure enough he pulls up comes in i was yeah. like oh my gosh it was it was funny though yeah all the boys love that place like almost every other day guys are going there yeah. it is a good spot and it's a really tight spot yeah every time we've showed up there's always been a handful of guys yeah yeah no it looks it's i've driven past there at 7 30 in the morning and if it's open there's people in there it's yeah. really unbelievable Ooh, i will say another one maybe not like a meal but uh Every once in a while, getting in the the Froyo, the Peach Wave there. Oh, oh yeah, I oh, heard that yeah. you guys go over there. The yeah, two yeah. Of you. I have <laughs> I haven't been yet. Well. I haven't been yet. Oh, I need to go. He's a fan. I, I see that guy coming to games pretty often. I think they both do though. Yeah, yeah. 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 the owners there. They're, they're they're supporters. Yeah, they've got a great spot right in the middle of the, oh, yeah. the rink up there. So yeah, they're always here. Oh yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you guys too is both of you having the benefit of living at home, you must have good cable TV access. <laughs> you guys watch much hockey, and when you do, who do you watch? God, I'm working so much lately. I I haven't watched too much hockey. What what I'll usually do is watch you know Twitter, go through like the highlights of the yeah. night and stuff. But mm -hmm. I I haven't really watched a game in a, in a bit. Who's your favorite NHL team? Oh, uh, Tampa Bay. Like Tampa Bay. Yeah, huh? I grew up watching them. Who was your favorite player growing up? For me, uh, Marty St. Louis. Yeah, has to makes be sense. Marty St. Louis, yeah. You know, I I watched him the beginning of his career all the way up. And, you know, just seeing a guy, because I was a smaller kid, just seeing somebody have so much success, and it just made me love the game. I was like, this is a game that no matter what size you are, you can be good at if you work hard. What about you, Brendan? you get much of a chance to watch? Or? Um, I mean, I... I like the you know Netflix and HBO and stuff like that too. Um, I mean we get we get the hockey games going too every once in a while. Uh, I also like kind of off the ice. I like to kind of. I mean obviously I like love watching games. It's good like to decompress. Too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like to decompress. And um, one of the big shows that I've been enjoying a lot uh, is Vikings. Oh really? I mean, I mean it's it's ended now. I think they started something on like a spinoff or something on Netflix. But mm. um, that was a show that I've I really like getting into. And so. Otherwise, yeah, we usually got hockey on, baseball, basketball. Um, been doing a lot of Impractical Jokers. Really? Love oh, Impractical okay. Jokers. They're having, like, yeah. a big anniversary or something right now. I read something about that. Yeah. I don't know why. but Oh, yeah. my, my dad was rolling a couple of days ago. He just losing his mind downstairs <laughs> watching it. But, uh, That's a good but, yeah. show. Yeah. Nah, so much fun. So then what's your favorite NHL team, you know, when you do get to watch? Uh, Rangers. Rangers and um, Rangers. for a while now, uh, Avalanche as well. Um, okay. So the but Rangers are definitely my my go-to guys. Yeah, that's was where it? that's where we butt heads on that one. Oh. Islanders. Oh well, All see, my stepmom's an Islanders fan too, so oh, we got a lot of turmoil. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. House rivalry. Divided well, house. So now that we bring it up, um, 
the Rangers kind of been struggling with with the Islanders recently, and and yeah. uh, we had the game on not too long ago anyway, and, <laughs> and um, so my stepmom, stepmom and I were sitting down watching it, and Rangers get scored on. I'm like, damn it, you know, yeah. all right, they're gonna come back, get scored on again. I'm like, you know what? This is it. I'm going upstairs. I'm not watching the game anymore. <laughs> so I go upstairs and relax and whatever, and. And uh, my stepmom was screaming. He's like, "Brandon, come back down here! Come back down here!" I'm like, "Nope, not doing it." Look at the scores. Rangers are coming back. So, <laughs> I, I got a little bit of a um, was it uh, superstitious here and there too, especially when it comes to Islanders. Yeah. You know, do I want if I watch the game, they start scoring on them and stuff. I don't want them to lose. <laughs> so uh, maybe I just gotta stay away from it. You know. What made you a Abs fan? Well, a while back with, uh, I mean, Duchesne was Duchesne. A, a big okay. guy, but yeah. more like Landis Skog, and, and we were there for um, when McKinnon got drafted. Oh, right, uh, yeah, to you told that. me about that. Yeah, 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 we had a guy hook us up uh, getting the go, because that was in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so that was that was an awesome experience, and, cool. and that yeah. was like my big thing with McKinnon. McKinnon is my absolute favorite player, so. He is. Um, He's the dog. So, yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite player in the NHL right now? Right now... Braden Point's pretty awesome to watch on Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was going to do, like, somebody non-Tampa, I mean, Connor McDavid has got to be, yeah. you know, everybody's. But who's, like, a sleeper guy? Uh, I don't know. Right now, I got to watch, you know what, this is going to be kind of a random one because I'm a forward, but I got to watch in person last year Kale McCarr. He is actually unbelievable. No, he's unreal. So oh, yeah. I, I'd probably say him, like, to watch a person. Like, if you know the game of hockey and can see what he does on the ice, it's unbelievable. He's like the defenseman for this era's game. You know, he's like the perfect guy perfect. for it. Like, for yeah. this era's game of hockey, it's, it's the speed and the, and the skills and the getting guys off the puck in multiple ways. That That's not necessarily, like, the roughest way. Yeah. You know, he, he really uses his mind to get guys off the puck, I think. Which yeah. is and he can take anybody at any speed, one-on-one skating backwards. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's He's definitely unreal. changing the game, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think that that's, that's, um, that's just such a big part of it that, that even, you know, uh, again, hate to bring up beer league in comparison to anything, but, like, even people, like, it's 95% skating, bro. Like, yeah. just in my mind. All this, all, and again, I'm not the best player. All these other things can be kind of learned and worked on. How to handle the puck and to, to keep your head up when you're pushing the puck forward, one hand on your stick and the other hand getting the guy off your swinging and building moment. That can, but, like, if you don't know how to skate and if you don't put that time in, and I think that the best players today are the be- most entertaining players to watch are the best skaters. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the, I, the biggest change, I think, in the last 10 years in yeah. the NHL. If you look, there's no guys just anymore in front of the net. It's well, who, everybody can You know who I love watching? What's the name of that defenseman? I, I, I don't know the guy's name, but he's a young guy with the Dallas Stars. Heiskanen. Yeah. Heiskanen. I was just Heiskanen. about to mention him, too. He's yeah. unbelievable. He, he's he's unbelievable. amazing to watch. He's I, another I guy, like, that. perfect for this this yeah. era of defenseman. Kind of tall, lanky, speed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. He was. Well, I was about to mention him, too, as well. He's, like, such a smooth skater, and watching him is just, like... Yeah, I, I can't take my eyes off him. Yeah, I love it. Like yeah. if he was on, if he was on like Boston or something, you'd never not hear about him. No, yeah. unbelievable. Like since he's on Dallas, yeah. it's kind of a little bit. His speed know, is unbelievable. Like, yeah, and and some of the changing of direction on the breakout and stuff. Head up the whole time. Whole yeah, time, up, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Doesn't know what color the puck is. Yeah. Do you do you guys um? Kind of seems like 
you know, Brendan, it sounds like you're you've um you've restarted some school work uh while you're playing and, and evan you're again on the air you're working in the, in the domino's business with yep. your family um but my question is uh, what what everybody wants everybody in this room and everybody listening to the show wants you guys to win a championship here in danbury but be let's just say beyond that you know I, I, not that you're looking past that but beyond that what, what do you guys hope to do with hockey you know, in the long run, is it is it to continue to play professionally, coaching jobs, scouting? I, I don't know. You know? Yeah, uh, I would love to be a part of the game as long as I can be. So whether it's coaching or, you know, training, like skills training or just something where I'm around the game, uh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to play for, you know, as, as many years as I can and the body allows you. But, uh, yeah, just I, I like – I like the hockey community. I mean, I, I had, well, I guess we all did because of COVID, the, the year of just being away from, you know, the rink and stuff. And you kind of miss it. You miss, like, the good people that are a part of the hockey community. It's it's definitely the most special group of people there is that anybody that loves hockey, you know, is just a, a solid person, uh, great to work with. And, yeah, just I would love to just be a part of the game somehow moving forward, you know. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I... I I, I want to play as high as of a level as I possibly can, and and then from there, you know, coaching has has always been a big thing. And I mentioned Eric Lynn before with uh, the Rough Riders. Um, I've looked up to him for years, ever since I started playing with him when I was little. Um, and uh, you I know, want to say he played some professional hockey, right? Uh, yeah, he was well. He was drafted Around by here? the Penguins in '97. Yeah, and, yeah. And then he played for uh, I think it was a Whale for a couple of games. He did a little bit with the Trashers too, as well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he was a guy that took me under his wing, and and I would love to be able to do the same and kind of give back to um, the community, the hockey community as well too. So um, that's one of my big things is is definitely keeping in the game. And, and like he was saying, some of the people that I've met um, in my life, the greatest people I've met uh, have been from hockey. Um, I got some very close friends, and obviously it makes it a little bit easier when you're playing the game with them all the time too. But um, it's kind of crazy, like you play a year with somebody and you could find the best friend you know and uh that's definitely the one biggest thing is the the people so tell me a little bit about you you mentioned before you you looked at maybe going to play overseas do you guys ever think of that like is there is there stuff that's come across your path either of you guys where it's like come to this country make this much and and have this other benefit that comes with it do you guys ever get those opportunities or i haven't had one personally i don't have like an agent or anything like that i know a couple buddies that have set stuff up and they, they work with agents and, and whatnot to get that opportunity. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to get. Like, I don't know if you've, how much you've looked into it. I know it's like kind of difficult to get those spots over there. It's very sought after. So yeah, I think especially with COVID too. Yeah, yeah. COVID made it like tough for, for that. And But it would be awesome. I, I would love an opportunity like that. I just know it's not, not the easiest thing to get. So, you know, always just be grateful of what you, what you have. But I would totally, you know, love to do something like that it's really cool some of those spots i get like pictures and videos from friends over in like switzerland and yeah stuff. i'm like oh my gosh it's amazing i think the former hat trick who's playing in the coolest place you guys might know him as nick de nicola he's like playing in como it's beautiful there and like the rink is like outside there's like the alps spot. yeah uh, that's pro- unbelievable. probably not making a ton of bread out there but i mean yeah. it's, it still looks really really you know really cool 
Um, but you, did you guys even go to not you know did you guys ever go to camps in the SPHL or anything or nothing like that or yet? I personally didn't. I didn't, um, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like with Europe and stuff, I, I mean, I don't really know many people. I have a couple friends that are um, from Europe and stuff, and um, having a little bit connection there. But otherwise, I don't really know too much of uh, of how all that stuff works. I got like Ryan Shannon is a guy that I've connected with the last couple of years and. Um, he played overseas for a while too, as well. So Ryan Shannon, Stanley Cup champion from. Uh, I only know this because my fiance was oh. at the, was at the Stanley Cup. Uh, my fiance's grandparents were at the Stanley Cup party that they uh -huh. had. The Shannons had at their house, I guess. Okay, I, I okay. Didn't know them. He, he coaches at Taft now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. Wow, okay. I know who that is. Yeah, so um, he was kind of a guy that I've talked to a little bit too, as well, but. Um, I haven't looked too, I mean, especially this year anyway, too. I'm kind of more focused on what's going on here. But um, Yeah, so you but. guys were more or less kind of just basically, for lack of a better term, kind of recruited locally from Billy as, yeah. as ex-college players yeah. that are local to the area, which mm. is a cool thing, I yeah. think. You know what I mean? It's, you didn't have to go through an agent to get here, and you yeah. didn't have to get cut somewhere else to come back home yeah. or anything like that, which I, which I think is a great thing. I don't know, Pat. What, what do you want to ask these these celebrities here? Um, you know, um, I don't know if you guys follow football. Got the playoffs going on right now. Um, who do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl and possibly win it all? Uh, I don't know anything about football, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow that at all. I don't know about you, but I think the Eagles. Right. Um, just watched the Cowboys the other night lose. <laughs> Uh, my dad's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. So really? Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're kind of done with with Prescott. I think he's a bust. Yeah. As a uh, Giants fan, watching that game was was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> embarrassing. I mean, the last play at the end. Dude, I saw that... somebody tweet like the comparison in golf. Uh, it was like, it was like, this is you're you're trying to hit the green with a three wood from like two thirty out. And you muff it like five yards or something like that. That was like the comparison of how bad his throw was at the end. They're trying to do a hill mary in the last play of the game. Mm -hmm. He throws a five yard. Yeah, pass he throws a check down. Gets, gets tackled. It's like made wow. no sense. It's like tough. what are you guys doing? That was yeah. like how you guys ended your season last year. It was the same, almost the same thing, but except they just he ran up the middle and slid down and just yeah. ended the yeah, ended the thing. game. Same thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I don't know. I I went to a Cowboys game. Uh, I think it was last year. For the, for the first time. It was, like, the first football game I'd, like, been to in so long. And it was unbelievable. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I, you know, follow a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy about football. But just, you know, watching watching that last game, I was like, oh, my God, the Cowboys. Just, <laughs> so you think the Eagles and who do you think they'll play against? Uh, you know what? Like, I kind of like Joe Burrow. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's got something special. I don't know. He he's got to get past who is it? Kansas City. Yep. So we'll see. I don't know. I like his confidence though. I mean, he's he's kind of unbelievable. I know. To he, watch he's too, got so it. He's got the confidence. So I don't know. Maybe 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 them, and it's a good game between them and the Eagles. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that, Matt. You got anything on that? No. I I've, I've kind of been tuned out to this one. You know what I mean? It's a little too much Eagles fans on my timeline on Facebook to, yeah. to oh really gosh, to really yeah. get excited <laughs> about yeah. the whole thing. 
And being a Jets fan, I always tell people, like, by, like, the fifth game of the season, it's almost like we're in the CFL or something like that. It's just we're so irrelevant. <laughs> we're so irrelevant to what happens in the NFL. It's like, oh, what's who's the best quarterback in college again? You know what I mean? Like, every other year, it's like we're, we're taking aim at the, uh, the top. But one thing I did want to mention about football— um, and it really, uh, it really did inspire me today. Was that Zach? Is his name Zach Lawrence? I, I'm not the biggest football fan. What's his name from um, Jacksonville? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I, like I said, I don't really follow yeah, football that good. much, but I did see a video. Uh, they lost, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did see a video game. where he waited in the tunnel and he shook every guy that came off the field's hand. His teammates, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, you know what, man? That says a lot about the court. The kid who is the quarterback, the mentality of the quarterback. He said he feels like he's the, a leader here, and he's uh, at least thanking. You know, what I mean, like I don't know if that was necessarily him trying to have a media moment. It looked like he wanted just to, you know, like encourage his guys after that. And I think that that's, I think that that's something that we got yeah. back to here in Danbury. To be a hundred percent honest. From last season, a lot of the guys last season, and you know, I honestly don't care who hears this. Um, you know, it just didn't seem like everybody was on the same page, and that was a lot of circumstances went into that. Yeah. A lot of there was a, I think we had a hundred guys dress for Danbury last year in the Federal Hockey League or, or something like that. It's not, it's not one person's fault, but it just didn't seem like we had a a group of guys that were together. You know, it seemed like there were some factions. And it seemed like there were some clicks. And I think this season, I see the way you guys are interacting. I've been to a few practices. Um, I know some of the guys from last year. And I can tell you, it just seems like a different mentality. I know you were only around a little bit last year, Evan. Do you have anything to say about that? Or It was definitely interesting, I would say that, for last year. You know, I don't want to, like, bash anything. There was a couple practices I had. And, you know, I think my first game I played was away. So the guys I was practicing with, I played with. But then the home game came around, Yeah. my first home game, and almost the entire lineup I had never practiced with before. Wow. There was a bunch of guys coming in that I'd never seen. So yeah. it was a weird, it was a different dynamic. A lot of good players. I mean, obviously they did very a well at talent. home. Yes. So yeah. uh, it was just, it's just a different feeling this year. Everybody's, you know, on the same page. We got a good locker room. So it's, it's, it's pretty solid, I think. I think that's what you want. You want a group that you know, you play every day with and can rely on. Do you guys, I mean, being that you do live um, locally at home, do you guys get the chance to hang out with the other guys when they're doing stuff or? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we all poke around and, and kind of get together when we can. And I know, like, I mean, the guys being together, they're a little bit closer, like going out a little bit more often too as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Mina's and stuff like that, going out to a couple of restaurants or something after practice and stuff and, um, so, yeah, I, I probably got to have the boys over soon. I know you've had a couple guys over, but just whenever I can. A lot of times what happens is after practice, I go straight to work. So yeah. like a lot of times, like, unless we go to lunch, I don't I don't see the boys too much after. But, yeah, I probably should set something up and hang out with the guys a little bit more. But I'd say for the most part, everybody does a pretty good job. Yeah, have a Domino's yeah. date night with the boys. There you go. Well, Domino's what happens night. is usually I'll send some pizza for the boys to pick up. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's what oh, it there you usually go. happens. So it's a nice move. Yeah. It's yeah, a nice yeah. move. Yeah, yeah we classy. What's that? Classy. You got to keep the boys fed. You know? <laughs> yeah, we we usually have. Uh, we've been trying to do every week um, to bring a couple new guys over the over to the house and have a nice homemade meal and stuff too. So, um, so we get a couple guys bounce around a couple uh, 
Willie's been over a couple of times. He's a big, yeah, big <laughs> fan, you know. But uh, um, he's gonna have Gonzo guy. tomorrow. Gonzo and, and the lady. So that'll be a fun oh, time. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we kind of try, try and do a little bit here and there, obviously, with them having to um, go out and buy their food all the time too. So. And then I wanted to circle back to that because um, I know you're saying you don't really eat out too much. So what's your favorite like meal that gets cooked? Oh, oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, can you cook it? What's that? Like, do you cook? I mean, now no, because I got my, my stepmom cooks everything. Oh, okay. She's got like the whole schedule. But can from, you cook? Yeah, yeah, I can cook. I, yeah, he's got I, the personal chef. Why would he need to cook? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I know. I'm like, he's no, no, like, I can cook. Over he's like, I don't like to go out. I like to make her do it. You know? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, in college and stuff, I started picking up over the last couple of years. Um, uh, one my at the time I was living with my assistant coach. Um, Bev, rest in peace. But uh, he was a big, big guy. Uh, loved cooking, mm. so uh, he taught me a little bit and got me more into it and kind of focusing more on what I uh, like, you know, eating a little healthier and stuff like that. And um, so I started getting into a little bit more cooking. And uh, but yeah, I mean now I'm I'm lucky enough to have my my stepmom making dinners and stuff like that. But my biggest thing, I love making salmon. I'm a big oh. salmon guy. Oh. Wow. Uh, veggies. I mean, it's, really sophisticated. It's not. Oh. It's, oh. Yeah, there we go. Wow. it's not that hard to make. It's very easy. Um, I'm very simple with it. Uh, big veggies guy. I mean, do you uh, do like a sauce for it or no? No, no. I, I mean, I throw like uh, a lemon on it and stuff like that. I like to yeah. keep it kind of fairly okay. plain, not throw too much on it because I like yeah. the, just the taste in general too. So, gotcha. so if you're um, cooking for like a date night, you're going salmon. I mean, if if she likes salmon, maybe. But oh, fair enough. All right. Yeah. I bounce around. You're not like that's not like oh, I'm surprising you with dinner tonight. You're getting salmon. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. <laughs> I think that's gotta happen. I I wanted to save the most controversial question. I guess for the end of the show, fellas. What the hell happened Saturday night there at the end of the game? Oh, <laughs> and again, oh, I don't God. need you to criticize anybody, but just take us through what you guys think happened. Don't and say I, anything that's going to get yourself in trouble. For the record, I was watching this on my phone. I was in Bridgeport. I had a game that I got called up to, so there was that. But trust me, I was frustrated in the parking lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you overturn something like that. It was on the ice called no goal. They sit around the box for, it felt like, half an hour and then say it's a goal like i don't i don't understand we watched it the puck actually hits uh marchie in front of the net Mm. so it's like i don't know i mean if he doesn't run into the net there that probably doesn't even go on net yeah i mean even talking about him too he's like if if he doesn't run in the net anyway it's a it's an easy save yeah um and i think for me i mean besides the outcome of of what all happened there um i think in a tight game you know Coming back from a three nothing, like going into overtime, I feel like that's not something that's necessarily called, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like you kind of let the game continue, and and uh, I feel like ending ending a game like that um, on that note is kind of tough for me. Yeah, especially with, like I said, they they called it no goal originally. Yeah. It wasn't like they yeah. called it a goal, then talked about it and reassured that it was a goal. They they called it no goal and then yeah. overturned it with. I don't know if they were trying to put the replay on the on the screen. Yeah, that's like, that's what we usually try and do. Yeah, I was like, oh if my we can. Gosh. I'm just not sure. And again, you know, I'll say it because you guys can't. I'm just not sure uh, what the f word precedent is in this league. Is there a video review? If there is, there isn't. 
Um, there's like no rules on then video sh- replay. What I'm saying is, if there's no video but, rule, they should have never looked at the video. But I'm also saying they should have never even come to the. They should have never. If if the goal was called no goal and there's no video rule, they should have never looked at the video. But that too, and they also broke the rule book because once a goal gets called no goal like that, it can't overturn it. They don't have the power to do that. Yeah, that's in the rule book. You know what yeah. we need? I gotta be a hundred percent honest. We need somebody like a a, a ge- gentleman that runs the. Mohegan Tribe Athletic Commission is a guy named Mike Mazzulli. Uh, at least he was for a long time. I, I'm not sure if he's still in that position. But this guy was basically hired by the tribe to make sure things like go right. You know what I mean? And, we, and this league needs somebody that's a neutral person. He, he gets paid by all the teams or, or whatever it is. And, and this person needs to be a neutral person. If you're going to have a review like that, if you're going to have some type of review where somebody's sitting around, it's got to be a neutral person. If it's going to be that the refs can look at a video, it's got to be in the rules. Right now, Pat is saying that it's not in the rules. Uh, I'm double-checking it to make sure, because last time we checked, it was like... What angle are they looking at? The YouTube exactly. angle? Yeah. The angle that the angle that the kid takes with his... Wh- where were they using their phone? Delaware? Yeah. You know I mean, was the angle that you saw on the guy's iPhone? Where is yeah. this being determined? Well, that's so, the thing, too, is if you look at, you know, obviously, like you're saying, a neutral person, kind of like they do in the NHL. They send it to Toronto and all that. But all the camera angles are inconsistent in every single rink. 100%. So it's not like we have – I don't think we have uh, cameras in the net or anything like that. So, you know, I think Binghamton has that mm-hmm. where obviously they were had an AHL rink and all that. But Literally, Rule 38, video goal judge, not applicable. So they literally yeah, – so they, what was the point of them yeah, putting so that? You know, again, that. this is – Maybe not for the guys to say, but for me to say, what's going on in this league where, where th- this is not in the rule book? And I, and I, now here's the here's the something you can even laugh at. This was a call that went against the home team. I could see if it went against the road team or something like that. The referees wanted to be cute and get out of the rink with 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 their sanity. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I think it's got to start. Um, Listen, this league is moving into a lot of markets. They have talented ex-college players probably waiting to to get in this league if they could get that chance. The league's got to step it up. You can't just keep moving into markets and throwing teams together and you have high school-level referees. I mean, one one of the refs literally looks like he just got done taking his courses, you know. <laughs> And, and and I mean that in the, in the most it just it just doesn't seem to be up to snuff for a professional game. Yeah. And it's taken away um, not only from the fans, you know, forget that the players are taken away. It's their job. Sometimes you get the, the raw end of the deal in your job. But it's taken away from paying fans, and it's taken away from the league. So that's all I want to say about it. That Saturday night game w- was crazy. I wouldn't give a damn if you guys lost 15 to nothing clean. Mm-hmm. I would say, ah, we had a terrible night. We got beat 15 to nothing. The other team was throwing them in the net from, from the other side of the blue line. That would be fine. But to get a game stolen like that, it's despicable. Yeah. And it's because the referees are held to no standard in this league. You know, keep keep inviting teams into the league. Keep having one guy basically own the whole league. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. And that's I, all, I totally agree with that. That's I all just, I have to say. I hate, I hate to bash refs because obviously it's a tough position and, like, we need it in hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, you hear about things happen in Massachusetts with just lack of refs, like games are canceled and stuff like that. So coaching youth hockey, coaching high school, you don't want to bash the refs. Like, you want them to be 
as good as they can be and support them, but it just felt as if one of the refs in particular was just, you know, not, I don't want to use on. the name of a guy out there because I'm bringing him in, but I guess I will use the You know, when this league first started, there was a great ref. He's refs a ton of college, AHL, I'm sure. I don't know if he's done the NHL, but like Eric Ernst. This guy was a high-level ref. He'd, be, he'd been in a ton of situations. You don't have to love the guy, but he was a real ref. I, I just don't know that these guys have any experience on any other level where they're dealing with grown men, they're dealing with guys who are going to fight. You know, I, I, I think it's this league has to invest in that. It's yep. time for the league to invest in that. You can, this is, as a league, this is supposed to be one of your assets. We have professional refs associated with the league, right? We have a, it, it, it sounds crazy, but like your, your, your refs are almost equal to like your website. It just, you have to have it to do this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you have to have it to do this. It's like, you know, a bag of pucks. You know what I mean? For every team. Yeah. It, it's that, it's that basic. It's, um, and then from what I also heard too, like after that game, um, the public address guy, uh, Dre, he went to the ref room to hand in like the game sheets, whatever. And I guess they were on the phone with like the, you know, ref director of the league, like type stuff. And they were chewing them out. So they, they know they did wrong. Yeah. It, yeah. It's known. Um, yeah, just some of the calls and, you know, like, like obviously you don't want to single a guy out, but there was one of the refs in particular. It just seemed like everything was against us for for no reason there was no communicating with billy i think billy got a bench minor in, in between the yep. periods for trying to communicate with them it's just like you said you don't want to bash anybody but it's like there's got to be some standard and, and quality to it there's got to be consistency yeah. you know I, I can't imagine again let's look at the situation like adults there's a it says in the rule book that there's no video review mm-hmm. why would you even go to the scorekeeper and ask to look at anything. Yeah. There's no review. Know the rules before you come get paid to do the job of refereeing the game. They should have never, again, I, I don't call everything out. Yeah. I, I don't call everything out. But um, this is this is egregious. That that yeah. was a call, a, a no-goal call reversed against the home team uh, with a rule that doesn't even exist. I mean, come on. Sounds like a 13-game suspension to me. Oh, my gosh. BS. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Getting into that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, God. I'm, we're going to yeah. leave that there, but sounds like another 13-game suspension. suspension. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, come on. You know, give me a break. You know, and I'm not talking about any other team, but it, it just seems like, it, you know, it starts with a B and ends with a T. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's bull. And I just think that um, I I was really disappointed in the way the referees handled Saturday yeah. night's game. I, I was really disappointed, and it's and it's again, again. There's got to be some system in place. If it means paying more money to these guys to get guys who are going to know the rule book, uh, maybe that's something the league has to look into, man. Because uh, I don't know what these guys are making right now. So did they did they ask to put the replay on the board? No. So usually what we'll do during games, um, if it's something where it's like a dire thing like that, we like to put it up to try and influence them to not change their decision or change it in the way that mm-hmm. it should. Yeah. Um, I know Kropinski is also a big advocate for that too. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure if that's just like the refs went up and asked, or if no, just no, always do no. That we or... we try and do that. Like, there's been a few things this season where we're like, 
put that up. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that um I think it was the game before that where Johnny was in the defensive zone and they just checked him like to the ground mm-hmm. like for no reason he didn't do anything we put that right up we were like no you gotta see like that that happened <laughs> yeah 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 well, I, I I just wonder if again we probably should stop talking about it because we'll all get a little too carried away yeah, you, right now for, for those listening Matt looks you know the, he's wearing this red jacket right now his face matches the same color I, of the jacket I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed by it no, I, I'm no, annoyed I, by I, it trust um, me I, I'm annoyed too it's 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 ridiculous it's really not fair um listen it was an unfair outcome you know we we've gotten the short end of the stick sometimes i think the amesbury thing is uh just really indicative of how maybe lost the league is in, in some ways right now i mean like here's a guy who's got essentially international attention uh, U.S. and I mean, he's probably the only guy in our whole league that's really known in the U.S. and, yeah. and maybe well, Ian White just got called up to the ECHL. Other than that, is there another recognizable guy in the whole league that you know? You know, uh, Danny has the, the the Ice Wars background. He played professional hockey before he came here. To me, this is a guy who was, would have been a no-brainer to market, to advertise him, to 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 put out videos on Instagram and social media to build up the following of the league that would be just seems like a big opportunity lost and now to have this now to have this stupid goal call which it was stupid there's no rule about checking the video why are you going to check the video who are you to play God and decide that there's a new rule on Saturday night at at 10 o'clock at night. I just held back. And I know the audience of WXEI doesn't want me to hold back, but I did. And I can just tell you that it was a complete travesty Saturday night. And again, you know, I talked to you guys, coach, after the game. You guys could have done something to put yourselves in a, in a better position to not even bring it to that, mm. but the referees took it out of the hands of the players. It was ridiculous. You know, that, that net was being moved all night. The net was being moved all night, mm-hmm. and and half the time they weren't calling it. I mean, net before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it too. Like we yeah. gotta, you know, try to win in regulation and have a better start. But at the same time, when you claw yourself out of something like that, you want the result you deserve, and mm-hmm. it's just, or at least a fair shake at it. So it wasn't. Uh, just didn't see why we were getting a fair chance to win on Saturday yeah. night, and that and that's all. Yeah. I'll say I definitely don't understand some of the, you know suspensions given out and stuff like we when we went to mississippi one of the guys cross-checked yao in the face like he got nothing right i think he got one game how many how many games i could be wrong i thought i I don't know i don't know but all i'm saying for for ames's suspension 13 games for what what he did was i think just mild compared to cross-checking somebody in the face i don't know where the consistency is so that's tough yeah Yeah, it's definitely tough Boys, I think we've we've talked for a long time now. Did you? <laughs> I think we're over an hour at least, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're about an hour and ten minutes. Anything else you guys want to say? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of fans that support the team, and sometimes, you know, just to – you got something, Brian? No, I, I, I have somebody to shut out, but – Well, yeah, <laughs> I know there's a lot of fans that support you guys and maybe people around town that, that, that you know, that, that mm-hmm. want the best for you guys. So if there's anything you guys want to say in closing – 
No, I mean, I was just going to sh- uh, shout out Sonia. Um, you know, great lady. She's uh, reached out. I guess she's a big fan of mine, and and uh, been talking to her here and there on Facebook and stuff. And she's always following us and everything. And um, awesome. I mean, I, I it's, I'm blanking on where uh, where she's at, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's so cool to see like, you know, maybe not crazy celebrities or whatever, but having these passionate fans from all over the place and and uh, you know, some of them reaching out and stuff. So, you know, have a great game or you know, best of luck for this weekend or whatever. And um, comments and all the things. It's it's absolutely the coolest thing so definitely uh want to make sure i shout her out yeah awesome yeah i i couldn't agree more just you know being able to see people after the game and and talk to them and see the passion in their eyes and you know just enjoy it and it's it's the coolest thing ever um but what what really sticks out to me was the carolina game Mm. when we were uh, at the end, right at the end, and the crowd starts going, "Let's go, tricks!" And it was like getting, you know, super crazy. The building's going, and then just so comes down and scores. It was like that was the moment I felt like for the season, the crowd and everybody was just like all connected during the game. It was, yeah, yeah. it was really cool. It's a great atmosphere to play in. So just thanks to everybody that that comes to the games and supports us. It's incredible. Yeah, it, it really does mean the world to a lot of us too, and, and really all of us. And um, having that backing is is the coolest feeling. I yeah. Mean, I don't know how it was for you in college and stuff, but absolute nine day. So oh yeah, very cool. Yeah, college yeah. is not yeah. not like this. How many? <laughs> what was the biggest crowd in college for each of you? Oh god, three hundred people. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a cool, we had a nice little rink there too. But um, I mean, we also had multiple campuses, and it was just kind of. I think it was a little tough if we had maybe one campus and everybody was around and stuff. I don't know. Maybe we'd have some more, but yeah, we didn't have the the craziest. Challenged, yeah. yeah. We yeah. played in the NE10 championship my last year. There was probably over over a thousand. Wow. In, in a decently s- smaller size rank, so it was pretty. pretty Where was rowdy. that played? Um, it's in Worcester, wherever the rail, Railers practice. Oh, the, you know, oh, that yeah. the where they practice or the the practice rank. Okay. Yeah, wow. It was not the uh, main yeah, rank. Yeah, DCU. They might yeah. as well have it in Danbury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would probably be a good thing to bring to Danbury. I think Post was trying to, for a bit, get into Danbury, but it just wasn't working out. But to play some games, to play, yeah, they were gonna try to, I think, make it the the home rank. Wow, it it didn't Mm. work out. Yeah, yeah, West Con beat them to it probably. Yeah, I think it was just logistics or whatever. Well, I'll say one: we had a a playoff game against Norwich. That place was packed. Norwich, I heard, unbelievable to play at. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, we had like. Standing area, everything, everything was packed. It was a cool wow. thing. So that was one of the nice things before, it, before uh, pro now. But um, yeah, that was a cool experience for sure. Yeah, yeah, awesome, fellas. We wish you best of luck this weekend. I'll be around with you, but Saturday night, right? You'll be back home to play. Uh, yeah, against Elmira. Elmira Saturday night, yep. and, and then on the road back again Sunday to Elmira, huh? Yeah, so, yeah. Guys, I'll be there Saturday. You'll be there Saturday. Yeah. Huh. Well, All right. I can't go on the road, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, good luck, and it was really great having you on. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us.